When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between, offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthierhappenstogether. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Hello, I'm Alan Davis. You're listening to the Tuesday Club. This is the Arsenal podcast, and I've got Keith Dover with me this evening. How are you, Keith? I'm uh, I'm well, Alan. I'm very good. Yeah, I'm good. Okay. Yeah. How dark <laughs> can we go today? Yeah, so. Just, so, just so I want to know, in case you red flagged me, you just go, whoa, easy. No, no. Huh? There's no. Uh, there's no, no. There's no bottom to this. Because I tell you, I've been I've been doing my archery, and it's amazing if you put a picture of Stan Kroenke on the target, how well you can shoot. <laughs> oh, You've got a couple of little pictures of Stan Kroenke on the inside of your glasses. There, <laughs> have I? <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, I mean, like when Homer Simpson painted eyeballs on his glasses for. <laughs> To make it look like he was awake during jury duty. And Oliver Scott is here. Oliver, how are you? I'm really good. Yeah. Good good to see you both. Yes. Good to see you. Good to connect with the d- deepest Sussex. Absolutely. That's damp Sussex. Is it damp Sussex? Uh, we record oh. this listener. It's Sunday evening. Um, I'm a little bit uh, quieter than normal, possibly because the kids are asleep. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps not for long. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, God, um, we, we've just what well, Arsenal just won. They played uh, West Brom and Jarvis. Oh, do we have? Let's not talk about him straight away. Come on, no, no come on. There's more important. I asked earlier on. I thought Oliver owned livestock. There was some <laughs> reason that I thought that Oliver and, and that you had goats, chickens. That kind of thing, you know. No, I mean, I know no. you live in deepest, you know, rye, but you, I'm really <laughs> sure you didn't have any animals. Never, 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 never. No, um, <laughs> Alistair had. He had. He had some hens, but I, I didn't and don't. You never. You've never owned a goat or sheep or any pig. <laughs> no, or a, never owned a goat. I don't know. I, I just thought you was living this sort of darling buds of my lifestyle down in rye. You know, I thought it was. Like, you know, there's an old caravan outside in your yard and you you had all these things running around and, you know. No, no, no none at all. I have oh. electricity, running water. Well, I knew you had electricity. I wasn't going that far. I was going to say you was living by candlelight, did I? But, you know. <laughs> no, no, not at all. So you, you. You're pushing on with this, Keith. There's no evidence that he's none. ever owned an animal. No. He's got a dog. 
He's got a dog. Two cats. Yeah, I was convinced. I don't know what it was. This must have yeah. been something he's that was said. A, yeah, he's got the slight look of a goat herder. He does, bit. doesn't he? Yeah. Sort of Eastern Great European. beard, brown waistcoat. Yeah. Classic goat herder. Or is it? Is it Steve Platt? Still no. Still, still no. No, don't, don't. It may look like it. You may think I do, but I still don't. Anything else you want to talk about, Keith, before we talk about the Arsenal? <laughs> Yeah, how do you crowdfund a sniper? <laughs> Just, I, I, you know, that's all I'm saying. I th- I'm, I'm sure there are Americans out there that, for a reasonable price, will, you know, happily take a pot shot at a couple of people. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> you know, you're, a- feeling mur- you're feeling murderously angry. Uh, <laughs> are you feeling more angry? We've seen you angry. We've seen mm. you... You know, back to the pitch, glaring up yeah. at the we sit listener <laughs> underneath the uh, director's box at the Emirates Stadium, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, yes, you can really if they stand up, mm. you can see them all rather like you know the emperors and Colosseum. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can see them all up there. <laughs> Although I don't think there was much perspex in the Colosseum. No. Perspex. <laughs> No, but I, I do I, honestly. I do want them dead, and I'll tell you why. I found this out and before any of our woke listeners go. Moved on oh, from you... sending pieces of string. Yeah, I <laughs> have moved on. What, how far will you go? I'd go. I, I'd go. The, listen, if I was told, find someone who's prepared to make the ultimate sacrifice. Absolutely, I'd reach out to them ISIS. Up with some plastic explosives. Abs- <laughs> I am willing to go that far. And before any of our woke listeners start pissing their pants and writing and going, you can't say that. Do you know when he bought these? Got any woke listening? No, we haven't. Thank God for that. You know, don't worry about that. You Judging know, by the correspondence, right? <laughs> and the, absolutely, oh, there's been some proper bellends on social media this week. Oh, hasn't there just? Have phone in their bodies, my friend. I've had a, uh, listen, I've got, I've got to get this off. You know, when he bought his ranch, right? He evicted a load of OAPs off his ranch. Just did he? he? Yeah. Oh, yeah. One of the poor guys. He had no. Cuddly Stan Cronker. Yeah. Killed himself. We ought to write this game's name all over the Emirates. Rick Ellis, sixty-one years old, uh, left a wife. She was made homeless. He he made a load of people homeless. Most of them, are, you know, OAPs, and. Just, have you run this by the? Have you run this by our lawyers? It's 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 there. It's, all, it's, it's out there on the internet. Look it up. Mo- it's always on the internet. Oh, yeah, that's oh, be true. Well. I mean, <laughs> and we're talking about a place that I, has. I've com- always found that defence to work very well. <laughs> 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 that cost me forty-five grand once. That defence. Yeah, but this in the bath. I was. Weren't you in the bath, Alan? Isn't that the story? <laughs> <laughs> I was in the bath oh. and I nearly dropped my phone. <laughs> Hmm. Well, oh, I've done the retweet by it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I genuinely think I did. I suspect that security or gate S at the Emirates is going to be is going to be marked oh, <laughs> I tell you, harder I... following this rant. <laughs> this rant, and it is a rant, Keith. That's what it is. It is a rant. I mean, and they're going. They're still saying. Uh, do you think Arteta's going to have enough funds? Well, either say he has or he hasn't, because we we need to know. I mean, doesn't really matter what funds he has, does it? Because once he's got them all in front of him, he struggles to organise... <laughs> Any kind of... I mean, you know, 
We are going to have to talk about the elephant in the room. <laughs> yeah, come on. Eventually, Keith. Yeah, well, no. I'm all for peddling internet rumours <laughs> about, about billionaires who employ... Possibly, possibly <laughs> more lawyers than you can. He's got, he's got, he's got goats. He's, he's certainly got livestock. Oh, I bet he has got livestock. Yeah, he's got. He's a goat herder. Classic goat herder. He is a goat herder. He's probably got all sorts of them. I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if he does that. You know, oh, I'm going to get real today. I'm fed up being a cowboy. I'll be. Oh, buy me some sheep. Put them on my ranch. I'll be a goat herder for the day. Yeah. Kind of weird billionaire fetish that they would probably do, wouldn't they? <laughs> <laughs> a weird billionaire, billionaire fetish. fetish. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, dear. <laughs> uh, gentlemen, small businesses have always shown an incredible ability to adapt, innovate, and survive, as you well know yourselves. Even more so this past year, another way you can adapt and grow is by finding the right people to help grow your business. LinkedIn Jobs helps you do that for free. And I'll be sending uh, this text over to Arsenal Football Club and <laughs> new personnel <laughs> to run the first team. Uh, LinkedIn <laughs> is a community of professionals, unlike <laughs> our manager and coaches, with more than 30 million members in the UK. Getting started is easy. Their new features can help you find qualified candidates, post a job with targeted screening questions. Oh, I love her targeted screening you, question have you managed a football club before no <laughs> there's, a there's a screening question <laughs> an experienced US looking at your CV here it says you've been a player and you've been a coach and there's a lot of those about a lot of those about have you been a manager before I want to be a manager excellent good answer you have passed the targeted screening question Anyway, you can do all you can manage job posts and contact candidates from a single view on LinkedIn.com and you can do all of it also from your mobile device. Uh, that's how LinkedIn jobs can help you hire the right person faster, Vinay Edu. <laughs> when your business is ready to make that next hire, find the right person by phoning up Leicester City. <laughs> <laughs> with linkedin jobs and you can post a job for free just visit linkedin.com slash tuesday again that's linkedin.com slash tuesday or you can just text eddie howe on zero seven <laughs> uh, terms and conditions apply of course <laughs> Well, anyway, listener, as I was about to tell you, <laughs> uh, we're recording this a Sunday evening. Arsenal have just relegated West Bromwich Albion. Smashed them. Uh, and uh, Big Sam. Uh, building Big a Sam's statue for William, ain't we? Built a statue for him. It's out there on the Emirates. William's popped in a free kick, yeah. an entirely pointless and useless <laughs> gesture. <laughs> we talk about futile gesture in the last minute of... Oh, again, deep into May, he's finally found his range. The commentator in the match said that it was his 37th attempt in an Arsenal shirt, and I couldn't work out if he's taking a piss or not. <laughs> so who's added that up? Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, it nicely. I think Pepe did a little run up to it as if he was going to take it and fool the keeper, and uh, 
He swung it in rather nearly as well as the lad from uh, St. Johnston smashed one in the top corner in the Scottish Cup semi-final to send St. Johnston through. I'm sure you're all uh, keeping up with that. No. They're in against the high bees. I'm hoping for a, a crowd at Hampden so we can have a rendition of Sunshine on Leith. Oh, in the Scottish nice, Cup yeah. final. That's all I'm looking forward to now in this football season. <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> it's the poor, Scottish that's... Cup final between Hibernian <laughs> and St. Johnston. Yeah, St. Johnston knocked out Rangers on pens in case you <laughs> in case oh. you didn't know. And wow. uh it went to extra time and Rangers went one nil up with three minutes to go in extra time, and then the St. Johnston goalkeeper, I think, had a shot and it got deflected in. Anyway, it was wow. uh, in the in like in the last Seconds of the extra time, oh, and it went to pen, oh, and then uh, and then they went through, and they went through again uh, to the final. And uh, William uh, emulating uh, Middleton, I think that was his name, the, the lad from St Johnson who smashed the free kick in the top corner. Some lovely work in the first half from Bakaya Saka on the left, mm-hmm. um, playing as a very advanced uh, fullback, and not really a fullback at all. Actually, was he more like a left winger? And William and he. Um, combining nicely and Willian putting him in. And so having seen that working very well mm. all through the first half, Arteta's second half master stroke <laughs> was to <laughs> was to take Saka out of that position <laughs> where it was absolutely wreaking havoc. Yes. It was an absolute shoe-in for man of the match. He was getting 9.9... <laughs> At ten on the BBC website. If I don't do, I'll move him. I'll p- <laughs> shit you not. I don't know what this bloke sees when he's looking at the game. The only thing that's working in this team is Saka on the left. That is working yep. so well. He's made one goal. He's created numerous chances. I'll definitely leave him there. Pepe scored a great hit from with his left foot cutting in. I'll leave him there. Uh, but no, he doesn't. He moves them both around. He put Tierney on for no reason at all that I could see and put Saka in at number 10. He, I don't know why he mm. disappeared from the match. Then Pereira scored an absolute wonder goal. Mm. What a good player he is. Mm. And suddenly we were basically hanging on for a 2-1 home win, Take, time-wasting for goal kicks, time-wasting for throw-ins. Oh, God, dreary, rubbish second half. This was going all right. This was going all right. Why did you change that? Mm. He took Sabias off when he got booked because he was obviously fearful of another red. Sabias stormed off down the tunnel in a huff. Maybe he'll just keep walking mm-hmm. all the way back to Spain. <laughs> and he didn't play any of the kids that we've been crying out for and hoping to see. Even though he said a few days ago, oh, it's my fault, Reese Nelson hasn't had any minutes. And here we are, really is a meaningless game a few days after this terrible disappointment against Villarreal. And he still don't bloody pick him, does he? He doesn't pick him, he doesn't give him Kepier any time or Balogun any time. So I, I, I'm not, I'm quite dispirited, but at least they won today. And at least we did have half an hour. We were treated to half an hour of Bakayo Saka's yeah. wonderful. Wing play, yes. and, you, and you do think, well, if we're building a new house, there's the first brick. Yeah, but but the problem remains that let's say, all right, he, he's our manager next season. He gets a transfer war chest, and he buys the players he wants. Is he still going to tinker around? Well, you know, you could go two or three games into the season. We may have won them, and then he'll change it again. 
and then we're back, and then we'll lose two or three matches. The thing I don't understand. I don't know, you know, how it works. Ollie, you've got a proper job. You work with people. <laughs> you have to sort of yeah. make choices around people, who to hire and fire, Very and who's so. good at what, and yeah. how to put a team together, and all this sort of thing. This guy, this manager, he seems to take a shine to a player for a few weeks. I'll give you an example. Zorro, Cedric Suarez. Yes. He took a shine to him yeah. for a few weeks, didn't mm, he? Yeah. He played quite a few games. He played right back and left back. And he played well in games. Played he well really against West Ham, game. Really? Yeah. He looked pretty good. Yeah. And uh, and now it was dead to him. Mm. It just no, no sign of him. It feels like he doesn't want to pick him anymore. Mm. Similarly with Enketia and Nelson, just doesn't occur to him to select them. And just can you just forget? Can you literally forget? Rather like when Martin Hayes was had a lift to training at Celtic, and so the story goes: they got out, locked the central lock in, walked off to the training field. The you know his teammates and forgot he was in the car and he couldn't get out of the car. <laughs> I don't know. Do you know? I I don't. I don't know. I mean, you know, I can't. I can't really see. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, the only thing I can think it is, and and you know, it's interesting, Keith. You're saying is it is it like tinkering? You know, because remember that was always the that was the, the nickname of Ranieri at, at Chelsea, wasn't it? They they, mm. they said he was always he was always pissing around with formations, and I don't know. I mean, you know, I think if there is if there is something that springs to mind for me, it's this idea. You know that. Um, I think it was Voltaire actually who came up with it. I don't know if we've had, <laughs> if anyone's written in with the with the, the battle of the French stylists, Voltaire versus Vieira. Um, but you know, Vol- no, but someone will now. <laughs> but but um, you know, Voltaire had this idea about you know don't let don't let the great be the enemy of the good, or don't let perfection be the enemy of the of the good. And, you know, I suppose it goes back to this idea that it's like, you, you know, you get your team up and playing and it's really good. And, you know, maybe it's giving you 89% of what you want. Maybe the players aren't efficient in the right areas or, you know, it, it doesn't meet, you know, whatever Guardiola used to, used to tell you on those, on those sort of plane flights home about perfection. And so he's like, oh no, well he's that, yeah, Zorro was doing this, but, oh, do you know, maybe we've ever did that. And they're, and they're not, but I do, you know, so maybe he just shifts it because he's always seeking perfection rather than saying, do you know what? What worked really well? Mm. It's like I was thinking this when we were playing Villarreal. Do you know what I would have loved to have seen happen? I would have loved to have seen that handsome French bastard Olivier Giroud walking on the pitch with like 20 minutes to go, standing there, helping loads of people, you know, like winning knockdowns, people running off there. And it's like, you know, you don't, that's not perfect football. That's not the way that, that uh, you know, I think Arsene Wenger would have wanted to play. But sometimes you need your Fellaini, don't you? You need that disruption. Mm. You need your Sonogo, dare I say. You know, well, my, I certainly uh, would agree that Villarreal and uh, here we are, we've arrived here. We had to, we had to, uh, we have to talk about we it. Got, you got um, to talk about it. We've got to talk about it. Uh, found that very comfortable, didn't they? I mean, at one Dickens. point, Coquelin and... Let's just get this sort of, the mess of the team selection out of the way. It's an absolute mystery to me that you can s- suddenly decide after the whole season that you're going to play Partey on his own in front of the back four, mm. where he, which he's never done for you before. He's just never done that before. And he's not Fabinho. He's not He's not um, Fernandinho. And and he's not even Coquelin, who used to do that job uh, yeah, when we used to have Ozil and Cazorla oh, yeah. in front of him or Ozil and Ramsey in front. But we haven't got Ozil and Ramsey or Cazorla and Ramsey. We've got Erdegaard and Smithrow. Smithrow's barely started and Erdegaard disappeared in the first leg. And he got subbed. 
and you could see how easy it was for an experienced uh, La Liga outfit to swamp Erdegaard and for him yeah. to disappear. You could see why he doesn't get picked mm. for Real Madrid. Okay. So to put your faith in him again in the second leg and to send Partey in with no one to help him. So then we're trying to play out from the back through parties, getting surrounded. Their two strikers are very, very good at getting back and hassling the holding midfield players part of their remit. And then they look round and there's no one with him. That lad Parejo, the midfielder, the one they used to be at Valencia, and Coquelin, they were, honestly, in the second half, they were walking. Mm. They were walking around the Emirates, receiving passes and laying it off. The air had gone out of the balloon to such an extent they wouldn't even have to try hard. They had such a grip on the game. They had their foot on our jugular from the beginning. And I couldn't understand why why this coach thinks that if he does something, it will affect the game. Mm. It's, it's magical thinking on behalf of the coach. What you need to do is establish a way of playing, get square pegs and square holes, and then make them feel good about themselves to the extent that they go out and express themselves and feel confident. But instead of that, you instill a climate of fear with constant tinkering, moving people around, creating areas of discomfort and discord in the team where, where partnerships are occurring that haven't occurred before. You create an environment where people there's uncertainty and hesitancy, and then you have a glowering, intense, disapproving visage on the touchline so that there's no possibility of that going changing in the game. If things go wrong in the game, they're going to go wrong, and there's no way back from it. And I feel like there's no pattern of play established. There's no system that he favours. And in one season, we've gone from a bat three to a for a four five one, a four three three, and now it's a four one four one. He doesn't know what he's doing. That Keown rather uh, cynically, but probably rightly, thought he was just copying. Guardiola, because mm. Guardiola replayed that mm. system. Guardiola pulled it off against against PSG. Guardiola does these things, doesn't he? He played three midfielders up front, and then 20 minutes to go, they're holding on to a lead to go to the final, and he brings on three strikers. But he's got the he's... players to do it. We haven't got that. We are not Manchester City. You cannot make Arsenal play like Manchester City because their players are fundamentally better than ours. And honestly... Uh, Uno Emery must have sat back and watched and gone, you have played right into my hands. I wasn't expecting you to do this. I mean, mm. to play the game, we what did what did he think we was going to do? Try and mesmerise Villarreal, bore them to death that they might fall asleep by constantly playing it back to the keeper and back again? Mm. Christ, you first 15 minutes you go and make a statement, go right at them, press them hard, just really have a good go at them. But we played it like a testimonial. Oh, we really did. Yeah. The idea that you leave nothing out there. Uh, oh, gone, and for him it? to say those players were dev devastated in the dressing room, we've all been to matches where we've seen them lose at home mm. and you know they're devastated. There's no way they can say that they were devastated at that defeat because they didn't leave anything out there. there was, it's an absolute joke to say that. You know, and that, that's what I get with... Uh, can't understand with Arteta for him to come out and say my players are devastated in the dressing room. Really? I can't yeah. be. Well, the thing is, perhaps they are devastated. Perhaps they are upset about it. But he, it feels to me that he wouldn't know what they're upset about mm. or not because I don't yeah. think there's a connection between him and the player. I look at the squad 
and some of the ones that were not there, you know, like Willock, who's banging in loads mm. of goals for Newcastle, mm. scoring against top sides as well, yep. you know, the goal against Leicester. And you, there's, there's bags of talent around, connected to Arsenal one way or another, either being ignored in the current squad or loaned out. Mm. He loaned out four central midfield players and ended up in this big semi-final with only two left, and then he wouldn't pick one of them. <laughs> Did and you? I watched Partey and I thought, put El Nenny there with him. Because when we played Manchester United away earlier in the season, we played a back three. We played Bellerin at Saka at wing-backs. And we played Partey and El Nenny in the middle. So we had the three at the back that he'd established last season, worked well with our personnel. And he had up front, I think he had Aubameyang and Laka and Willian. And off the bench in that game, Maitland-Niles came on and Mustafi, believe it or not, came on and we had a system of play with the back three and good wing backs and that pair in the midfield of Elneny and Partey and that functioned and that worked and if you return to that they could at least line up and think oh yeah we've done this before mm. you can't you do something in both legs of a semi-final in both cases you're playing personnel and players that haven't done it before in a semi mm. against a top quality <clears throat> La Liga team I imagine that Emery has not slept since Thursday. I just think he must be just replaying. You know, it is like what an obsessive. Mm. He would have watched it twenty times, full ninety minutes by now. He'll be he'll be replaying it. He'll be dreaming about it, he'll be laughing and laughing. And I hope and they laughing. go and win the final. I, I know. Good I, luck to him. Yeah, I mean, but, and Cockerland. But, you know? we, but we did hand it to him on a plate over the two legs. I mean, you know, the whole, si- you know, he's been changing the systems. He hasn't been rotating the squad like he should have done. You know, Tierney should have been rested after, instead of playing in the okay, Liverpool it's, game. It's so bizarre, his decisions. It's almost yeah. like he's a boxer. And then just before they fight, he says, after, what I'm going to do, I'm going to wear my right glove on my left mm. hand and my left glove on my right hand. Because mm. that's, he won't expect that. No. But he, he won't expect it. But it, it disables all of your capabilities. Well, <laughs> so, I mean, thank God. What's the point of doing something I mean, thank- that your own team doesn't expect? It's all very well trying to outwit the opponent, but you've, you've just confused your own lads and fans, and no one knows what's going on. Well, I mean, and then there's uh, this other idea, yeah. which clearly was plan B. You can use five subs, right, in yes. the Europa League. Yeah. If we need a goal 20 minutes to go, I'm going to chuck a load of attackers on. So he does. So on they all come. And Ketia appeared. I didn't even know when he'd come on. And <laughs> Martinelli appeared. He started throwing subs on left, right and centre. No one knew where anyone was playing. Mm. I think Lacazette came on. I don't, I don't know who was there. I can't remember who was there or where they were. I don't know what was going on. I didn't know what was going on but do you, on do the pitch. You, do you think, Alan, that, that, that he's doing this because he's like so obsessed with, like this, say, this idea of perfection and it's like, I want my team must play this way. It is like my philosophy. Mm. It's like my process. And, and as a consequence of that, he's not sitting there saying, right, well, let's play our best left-sided player at left back when our other best left-sided player is injured. You know, it's yeah. it's it's just like you know, does he Total lack pra- utter mystery? Is I there mean, no? There's no pragmatism there. It just seems like thank God know, he doesn't. He's not an administrator at an hospital. We'd go into a surgery and go, "What's your job?" And the guy, anaesthetist, right? You're doing the operation today. You're performing the heart. <laughs> I, no, I'm an anaesthetist. I'm just, Let's mix it up. You, mix it up. No, mix it up. Yeah, you. Okay, okay. No, I'm a nurse. Well, no, you can do. I'm the patient, yeah. not today. <laughs> 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 
there must be a re- there must be a reason though. There must be you know. Yeah. You've got to assume there is a re- there is some sort of like I rational think it's reason. Just, I think it's honestly I think it's because confusion in his own. Mm. Is it as simple as that? And, and overestimating. I mean, I, I, you know, it's an interesting point you made, Ollie, about the search for perfectionism. But there's something about overestimating his own capacity to influence yeah. events. And actually, then then he is influencing events, mm. but in a negative way, yeah. because he's pushed too far the amount of influence he's trying to exert on these men. Yeah. He's pushed it to, to an extent that they're now confused. And it's now going backwards. It's like piling too many mm. plates. It's, it's, that's too much. And now you've dropped the lot. Mm-hmm. You, the, today, was, honestly, the West Brom game today was a perfect example to have Saka running right down the left flank in combination with Willian and seeing Willian linking up with the player. I mean, I know this is poor opposition. Yeah. And we ought to beat them. But you're seeing hints and glimpses of the player that Willian can be in combination with a super talented 19-year-old boy. Yeah. And that part of the team is functioning perfectly. So he's thinking, they're going to do 90 minutes, those two. I'm not subbing either of them. But then he separates them into different parts. Yeah. That decision-making is so bizarre and extraordinary. And... He must have decided before the game, I'm going to put Tierney on for 20 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, that must, that must be it. And, you know, I mean... That's what I'm going to do. Kieran, you're coming on at 68 minutes or whatever, and I'm going to shove Bakayo to number 10, where he, he'll disappear. Uh, Willian, I'll put him somewhere else, he'll disappear from the game. We'll Then we'll con- probably concede, and then we'll cack ourselves with West Brom banging on the door for an equaliser. Mm. And if if you're in the ground, his substitutions and his decision making will be getting booed. Yeah, because you can see yourself. Well, I'm surely the players. I mean, they've must have lost a lot of faith in him. They know what's going on. I mean, they know when they've had a good match and they've won. When they went to Slavia Prague, they must have thought, well, "This is it. This is how we're all together now." And then he changes the system again for the biggest match of the season, and they must be looking around, going, "What's he doing?" They must be yeah, saying Marte the same. I really felt for Partey needs a helper. Yeah. You know, mm. he needs Torreira there. Or he needs someone. El Nenny. El Nenny. Just El Nenny yeah. in front of the back four, doing the dirty work, doing the Flamini job, yeah. or going Fabregas for all those years and Leb and Rosicky yeah. yeah. doing all that wonderful stuff. They had Flamini with his sleeves rolled up, running mm. hundreds of miles a season. You need that player. You can't expect then your Rolls-Royce midfield player to say, today, all the dirty work is on you. But I'm the best I'm the best player in the club. Mm. You need a water carrier behind me. I am the best player. I was one of the best players in La Liga. I'm better than these Villarreal players. I used to play for Atletico Madrid. Mm. <laughs> Why am I doing the shitty, dirty work? Mm. Why am I doing... I'm not Danielson. I'm Thomas Partey, mm. my friend. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're absolutely right. You know. I imagine that's exactly how he's speaking. My friend. <laughs> Internal dialogue. <laughs> you just want him to have said that, don't you? You really don't. <laughs> I'm Thomas Partey, my friend. That flourish, my friend. <laughs> oh, God. 
shout on him, didn't he? He, he gave him no chance. I imagine Parejo was going, Thomas, what have you, what have what you, have you done? Shout him shit. He, he used to run the show at the Wanda Metropolitano. You know, you know, Atletico are about to win the league. What are you doing here with this? What are you doing here with these cocks? <laughs> You've left that little twat Torreira. He's going to get a medal. That little. Twat. He can't even get in the side. <laughs> <laughs> but I hope, my friend, I've, I've made a grand error. I bet he's going for his contract. My family will talk about for generations to come. For I will never win a league championship <laughs> ever. Oh God. I mean, the listen. Wealthiest water well, where where do we go? Sport. Do we stick with him? Because listen, Chelsea were ninth. They were in the same position, and they went right. Sack. They sacked Frank. Bring in Tuchel. They're now what fourth in the league in the oh, FA Cup in the Champions smoke. League final. Yeah. Look at Tuchel though. Yeah. Right. Look at what well, he knows exactly what he wants to do. He knows how he wants to play. It doesn't matter. If you're four one four one three five two four four two, doesn't matter what your preferred system is, so long as you've got a system that you want to play, a way of playing that you want to play, and you have the personnel to fit in all the the round pegs for the round holes. Mm. Well, that's and cool. that's what last season when he, he we, we fell upon this three at the back, we had it for a bit. Tuchel's got that, but the other thing he's got is he got every once they're enjoying it and they're winning, they all work, don't they? Mm. When he brings subs on, it's like releasing the hounds. When Chelsea mm. brings subs on, it's like they've opened a cage. <laughs> and three other lads come out <laughs> and start bombing around the pitch. But that, Man City, they've beat Man City twice now. And you can see they're on the verge of winning the European Cup. Guardiola's cacking himself. Yeah. Mm. But I mean, well, you can see Chelsea winning the Champions League. Of course you can. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I still slightly favour City, but but <laughs> I, if you know, Chelsea are really. And we've got to play them, by the way, haven't we? On we have. Yeah. And then, yeah. That's a game which you could consider losing because I've just looked up that a Europa Conference competition yeah. could drop yeah. down to eighth, mate. Shut oh up. yes, <laughs> because if Chelsea win the FA Cup and if they win the Champions League and blah blah blah, listen. If they win the Champions League and don't finish top four, well, the, it, it's basically what I looked at. It drops down to seventh and eighth place because if they win the FA Cup, then that frees up another space. You see, so if they yeah. beat Leicester, yeah. Well, that no, I assume that that because. You know they're they're both in, already in the European places, so it's definitely going. So you see, how you actually really have got me worried. Now. Yes, no, it's true. This is I genuine mean, concern that we might be in the shittest competition that you ever have ever invented. Alan, don't worry, we're not going to win any more games. <laughs> That's it. Williams goals. It. That's the end. You know this narrative. <laughs> we're not going to finish eight. Uh, don't uh, worry. I, honestly, no, not. honestly, no. I'm not worried. Not. This yeah, is as far I'm, as we're going to get. I don't think to worry. <laughs> but you know, yeah. but going back, I mean, but going back to Chelsea, you know, you say you do a normal job, blah blah. It's like you know, if you do manage people, it's really simple. You just you know, let them explain what it is that explain what it is that you want them to do, and have confidence in them. <laughs> you know, and then don't just say, oh, just for a change, I'm going to make you, you know, do the be the do the brain surgery in your and your excellent example. Keith. <laughs> yeah. And- or the other thing, and someone sent in the quiz, and maybe I'll look it up in a minute. But one of the really good quotes was. I think it was a manager, and he was saying, don't tell them, you tell them what you want them to do. 
You don't tell them how to do it. Mm. Yeah. And that is, <clears throat> having worked as, as an actor for in various capacities over a number of years, that's how it works with actors. You can tell them what you want to happen, you know, where the vague area you want them to stand, what you'd like them to wear. But if you do not, under any circumstances, tell them how to say the words that are written. <laughs> they will do it. You, know, mm. you, you tell them what you want and what will work. You just don't tell them how to do it. And I feel, I do feel like sometimes mm. it's, as if, it's as if the manager has no faith in them to actually execute even the simplest plan. They're continually yelling instructions over a throw-in, over every restart, mm. every goal kick. He looks at the 11 and someone's not quite in the right place. So without fail, every time there's a goal kick, he's gesticulating at someone to move three feet in one another direction. Just shut up. Mm. Sit down. It's like one of the dads when my nine-year-old plays. <laughs> yeah. Just sometimes I want to go along. I went to see my, my nine-year-old scored a goal and they won 3-2. <laughs> Good. In the match yesterday. They haven't been winning many games, so they were absolutely ecstatic. But it was pouring me rain in Regent's Park, and two of the dads had massive umbrellas and were walking up and down the touchline so none of the other parents could see any of the match. <laughs> oh, so why are you the most important dads, you pair of pricks? <laughs> if you've got an enormous umbrella that can cover a family of five, stand behind. Were they doing the sort of micromanagement thing as well? Going, I don't know what's what, what the well, I don't know. What well, the they just shout out a load of, uh, of phrases that they've heard on Mash of the Day, don't they? And they, yeah, you know, that has they, nothing to actually do what's happening on the pitch, you know. They'll be going, <laughs> no, drop back, go forward, cover left. <laughs> They'll be saying all that crap, no doubt. What know? is, but the, but what is quite interesting, and is I do remember being on this podcast, you know, and listening to this podcast, and we when we used to talk about the frustrations with, you know, certainly the last few years of Wenger, which was, oh, you know, you're, you're, are you giving them too much of that leeway? Are you giving them too much of that freedom? So, you know, are they going out without enough instructions, without enough awareness of who the, the opposition is? And, you know, it was, it was one of the most marked changes when Emery, when Emery took over, wasn't it? Was suddenly, I think there was a game and it was like, oh, he's changed his formation. <laughs> you know, they're good on the wing. He's kind of put these people out there. And, and so, yeah, I, I suppose there's, you know the, the the simplicity as ever in life must be in the middle ground between you know looking at the looking at the you know making the right changes because of the team you're playing but not making such like difficult changes that every no one knows what's going on or who to pass to but, so know, yeah maybe it's he's just gone too far he's gone too free jazz well it's like he finds a winning system and then he goes no but that's not good enough i want to go beyond the it's winning system perfect. and he, and he yeah. just go but you had it right that game why are you now changing everything again we had a great result against Slavia Prague. Keep it like that. Rest the players at the right time. But he didn't. So you. It's 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 oh. it's sort of fascinating if it wasn't if you weren't a fan. Mm. But you can watch chaos just rapidly descend mm. Mm. when when things start to go wrong, and and you feel like people are trying to remember myriad instructions that they've been given. And they've, their role in the team has been changed during a match. They've been moved from one part of the pitch to another part of the pitch during a game where they're used to the combination they've got with a teammate behind or a teammate alongside. They're used to an opponent they've been facing. And suddenly says, you move to the other side. You go back there. You go in the middle. And that's what, what now? Yeah, now. So, okay. So four of us have changed positions. Two new players have come on. And guess what? It's a, it's gone wrong, and we were cruising. Mm. We were cruising. Mm. It's the first half, 
effortless. If you're going to move, if you take a player out, this is the tradition in substitutions, you take a player out and you put a similar player in, or if you need a goal, you might take a player out and put a more attack-minded player in that position and vice versa if you're trying to defend. You don't usually disrupt an entire mm. midfield and defence with with one substitution. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> It's a, it's a real gift. It's like a hand grenade. Do, do we stick we, with him? We're winning this one. Yeah. There's no need to F about. We're actually winning this one. Yeah. But do we stick with him, though? Or do we? Put- what choice? We don't know, mate. Well, what this, choice have we I got? Know, but what worries me? I mean, I don't know. What I don't. I, what? I, I think I thought at Christmas he should have gone. Yeah. Mm. You know, and, and then he won the, they won the uh, Chelsea match, didn't they? And then in the end, it was Lampard who got the boot. Yeah. I yeah. mean, what worries me, though? We, we look stupid not to hire Tuchel now, yeah. don't we? But maybe he wouldn't have come to us anyway. Probably not. But, I, I mean, the thing is that, you know, we're going to have uh, all the big clubs now sniffing around, Smith Rowe, and, or, you know, and Saka. Well, Saka's the one. Yeah. Uh, Saka is the one who will be, you know, eventually the phone call will come from Pep Guardiola or someone, yes, now Raheem's not what he was or Mares has gone off the boil or... If I team this kid up with Foden, we're going to destroy yeah. the universe of sport. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I want him. But, Just like this, the t- the day has come for Tottenham fans. The day of reckoning. Yeah, for Kane. Yeah. Harry's leaving, <laughs> and he will leave, and he'd be a damn fool not to. And they all know it themselves. Oh, this yeah. is what and, worries and me. Levy will just think, "Got to try and get the biggest fee I can." Yeah. But I mean, I've I've had this discussion with two Arsenal fans, and I'm sorry. I I mean, I know one of his listeners is going to get upset, but I think they're deluded because they go, "Yeah, but they're Arsenal through and through. They've signed a contract." And I said, "But that won't stop them from going." One season playing in the Carabao Cup, FA Cup, and the Premier League, and his agent will be on to him and going, well, look, you know, Manchester City have made an inquiry and, you know, that players loyalty. Well, Arsenal are wealthy enough to hang on and, and Saka's yeah. has signed a long contract. So, it, you know, he's not going well, anywhere I hope now. not. I don't want and it, to At go. the age of 19, when he's developing so well, be foolish to because mm-hmm. he, he can be the star of the Arsenal But team. do you trust our owners not to go, well, yeah, well, if they're offering that, take it. Like the owners don't have a clue. No. I, mean, I just don't have a clue. They thought that, that's why they hired Arteta because they don't have a clue right. when they could have had Carlo Ancelotti. But they listen. I don't think they're going to fire him, and I don't. I don't know if there's going to be a takeover, and if there is, I don't know. Mm. I have no idea mm. from one day to the next. But it, what the what the future? But it, it is. I mean, very worrying on every level. I mean, I don't trust the owners. Uh, I mean, we just hope that maybe if we stick with Arteta, he'll come good like Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has has done at Man United. You can just hope that maybe Arteta will sit down and go, "Okay, I've made mistakes. I'm not going to do that again. But if next season he isn't given the funds and we have a poor start, he will be gone, you know. If you've got sixty thousand people. Well, that's an issue, isn't it? If you give him a transfer window and then fire him, Hmm. Or do you give someone else to win? The, the, the one thing that's working well at Arsenal Football Club is the academy. The academy is working better than it's ever worked. And we're producing players who are so versatile, so smart, so clever on the ball, such good technicians, so energetic and quick. They never get involved with opponents. They never give less than 100%. They never back chat to refs. They they just play, they're morally mm. sound. They've been well brought up as footballers mm. from a very young primary school age. And the thing that I would, re- would really upset me 
would be to if they started selling off these kids, thinking we the, the, making the academy the the generator of income, mm. income that's lost yeah. from other other sources, you know, lost from failing to qualify for Europe, lost from gate revenue. We've lost all this income. Well, how are we going to replace that income? We'll sell off the, some of the silver. Mm. We'll sell off Maitland Niles, and we'll sell off Reese Nelson, and we'll sell off Joe Willett. Well, these are three of the best young English players in the Premier League. They're top, top players. They're they're fast, they're fit, they're talented, they're skillful, they love Arsenal, they all get on well together. Why don't you pick them? Mm. What are you going to do with the money that you make from selling them? We're going to buy some other players. From where? La Liga? <laughs> well, why? Well, just beat. That would really, that would be, I honestly can see it as a, as a way of, Making up the shortfall in revenue is dipping into the playing squad and selling off young talent. Why do why do mm. other clubs clubs will come in from? Because they know a twenty one year old from the Arsenal Academy who's already played for England yeah. is a good investment. Yeah, well, yeah. well, next season, listen, we haven't got European football. I mean, I was shocked. You know, when we played, when there was fans still allowed in the stadium, when we played Aston Villa, I was in the upper tier West and. I noticed that all the corporate boxes, not only were they empty, and it's easy for people to say, well, they're probably inside, but they weren't. Those boxes were actually empty. And I can't see, will there be 60,000 in there, you know, uh, next season? No, I don't think there will. And people yeah. won't want to renew their season tickets or go to the matches. Yeah. And people say to me, are you going to renew your tickets? Are you going to, are you going to keep your money away from the cronkers and, you know, hit them where it hurts. And I think, well, that's sound thinking, but we've got really good seats. Seats by the tunnel. (laughs) (laughs) Where would we end up if we lost them seats? But I know what people mean. I found that quote, by the way. Someone sent me, oh, Dwight Moe sent me in a quiz. Uh, George S. Patton or Alan Pardew? (laughs) (laughs) Wow. And uh, and the quote is, never tell people how to do things. Tell them what to do, and they will surprise you. Ooh. Then I love that quote. That sounds like, I'm going to go Pardew. But was it Patton or Pardew? <laughs> you know, I think Pardew's oh. such a dick, isn't he? Yeah, that's <laughs> true, really yeah. Is. yeah. <laughs> he really is such a... I love Damien. Do you remember Damien? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Screw you, Partridge! <laughs> he hated him as well. Oh, he's such a dick. Yeah, you're um, right. It was Pat. It was Pat. <laughs> he's never said anything that insightful. Oh, he's such yeah. There's another good one from Patton. If everyone is thinking alike, then somebody isn't thinking. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, Pardew said, "You always have to have faith in your own abilities, and that has to be evident." Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, what? Pardew. Oh dear. God. Success is high. High. This is a good one. This is Pardew or Patton. Success is how high you bounce when you hit bottom. Ooh. Ooh, got to be Patton. Think so? It is Patton. Oh. Yeah. It is Patton. God, Patton would have made a good uh, football manager, wouldn't he? You wouldn't have... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What else? There's another quiz, actually, that I quite like. That's a better, maybe it's better. I, I've, got, I've got a, a little one, right? Okay. This, I'm good. No, I'll just Go throw on. this one Go in. Away. It's like a player's rating system. So you're in the uh, Arsenal training ground car park. You're allowed to put in a sack full of rats, if you don't like the way they played, or a bouquet <laughs> of flowers. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to go rabid dog, but I thought, no, I don't like the idea of dogs being in a car. So, you know, I just think 
<laughs> what players would you have? <laughs> Definitely the manager's car. He gets a sack for the rats. Ah, oh, Jesus, man. We are... Next season's going oh, to Thomas, be... Oh, uh, Thomas Hughes has emailed to say, mm. tell Damien not to throw any of his Arsenal stuff away. I'll come and pick it up. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, that's quite good. People have sent in some quite funny ones. I've had uh, Per, per Mertesacker or the BFG, and the quotes <laughs> are from Per, and quotes from the BFG, <laughs> such as, who said this? Us Giants is making whiz-poppers all the time. Whiz-popping is a sign of happiness. Is music in our ears. Is it Mertesacker <laughs> or the BFG? The BFG. <laughs> uh, Tom Nurton sent in Frank Lampard or the Cookie Monster. Uh, <laughs> That's a good... it, Eden Hazard is a great player. He has magic. <laughs> that was uh, yeah, I'll take that. Yeah. Peekaboo, here's some cookies for you. That was the cookie. <laughs> <laughs> what do you What do you think with Artessa then? Well, I think we have to stay with him because there's, frankly, there's no managers really? out at the moment. I'd give him one. You more, wouldn't pull the trigger. Not not now. I mean, unless we lose the next three remaining matches, but. I, I am seriously. If they worried. did pull the trigger, Keith, who would you hire as manager of the? Well, Arsenal? I had a little look. I was going to the Bundesliga. The <laughs> uh, Cus. You went to the Bundesliga. Went to the Bundesliga. Lovely. Cus sort of coming around third or fourth. Uh, Wolfsburg half. Wolfsburg. A third. Yeah. I think he's called uh, Glasner. Is it Glasner? Yeah. yeah. So I'm thinking, okay, he's Austrian based. It was always good, <laughs> and. Uh, I think maybe we could give him a go, you know. Get the Wolfsburg. That's Wolfsburg like that's menu, like you know, that's like looking at the at the wine menu and choosing the third most expensive bowl. Isn't it? <laughs> well, we're obviously not going to get the top German teams, are we? We ain't going to get the manager from you know who's second and first. What about Farker, the manager of Norwich? who's just won the league with Norwich. Mm. He might bring Wendia with him. And, no, and Aaron's or Aaron's no, or no, no, I can't. Mm. I don't. I'd, I'd love Brendan Rodgers. I really would take Brendan Rodgers. Yes, uh, isn't that ironic? Given now we were, we did say, please God, not Brendan. Only three now, years. Now ago. we're begging for him. Now we're eating our words. Or, uh, oh, if, not for the first time. Just, maybe if Stephen Gerrard went to a, a mid-table Premier League club and done well with him, and then we could snap him up. You know, I mean, that would be uh, interesting. We are a mid-table. Oh, yes, yeah. we are. <laughs> <laughs> You're absolutely right. What are you talking about? Yeah, let's let Gerald get some experience with the team, you know, down in night <laughs> and see if he can handle the Premier League. I don't, don't worry about that. Gerald can handle the well, Premier League. Yeah, he'll work his he, way up. He, and he can handle any idiot in the dressing room as well. And he, I imagine that he will be interviewed when Jurgen Klopp Decides to call it a day. Yes, he will. It's maybe, it's maybe sooner than we think, given they've had such a terrible season and it doesn't look like fun being a football manager at the moment. No. No. Empty grounds and all that. I mean, do you think I'd... If you wanted to take a sabbatical, Jürgen, you could, it wouldn't be too at all surprised and then Gerard, I think, would be a shoe-in for that job. Mm. Oh, God, can you I imagine? Did, I think maybe if we'd have had uh, 60,000 in there Thursday night, it may have been a different result because the crowd would have been going, no, it's not... Stop kicking it back. And maybe that would have transmitted to our players and they would have suddenly woken up and gone, OK, let's do a few eyeballs. Let's do. Let's be more lively. Well, that's that's kind of what happened anyway, isn't it? Because they started off, every time we got a goal kick, the two centre-backs stand in the penalty area, Partey comes and stands in the penalty area. They set up this formation that they've obviously rehearsed. Leno looks at the two of them and Partey. They all look at him like, we don't want it burned. I mean, we've been told to stand here. Mm. None of us want the ball. Mm. 
He spends an, an age working out what to do. And Emery's thinking, this is brilliant. Every time there's a goal kick, it takes two minutes off the match. Yes, exactly. This match is no longer 90. It's 88, 86, 84, 82 minutes. Because Arsenal is just dicking about over every single goal kick instead of just launching it into our half and kicking the shit out of us. The one thing we've always been afraid of coming over to England is that they're going to be a bit hard and Mm. it'll be a bit unfriendly. Mm. And the La Liga teams have not been getting on well against English sides recently. But Emery's teams do seem to manage it, don't they? Well, uh, yeah, good luck to the man. It's, it's, uh, I just... As a word of warning in this uh, quiz, okay, okay. for you yeah. particularly... Right. Um, it's not uh, foreign Nick, players' names, is Nick's it? Cass- <laughs> Nick Cass- <laughs> Or even English players' names. Like that. <laughs> not so clever on them. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, Confucius or Cantona? Uh, Nick Scassero has sent this in. Wow. Um, Nick is in uh, Philadelphia. He says he's loyal freeloading scum. He will never email us again. Uh, and it's his first quote I think is relevant for you, Keith. Huh? Before you embark on the journey of revenge, <laughs> dig two graves. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, he's very valuable. Hey, I, love, I like the way you think. Confucius or Cantona? Definitely Confucius. Uh, Confucius, yeah. Oh, actually, more, it is Confucius. Uh, I would have said Joe Pesci from the film... Uh, <laughs> What was it? Uh, oh. oh, not the good fellas. Not the good fellas. Actually, it's not called the good fellas. The good it's fellas. casino. It's casino. It's the casino. opening thing. If you're going to whack someone, dig the grave first. You don't want to be dicking around with a body in the back of the car <laughs> digging a grave. Dig the grave are first. Gonna, are you going to be out in the back garden digging a digging a Texan? Not Texan oh, a, I tell uh, you what. I tell you, accidents happen on ranches. You know, stampedes. Could you? All those goats. <laughs> <laughs> so now the man who's scared of cows is going to organise a stampede on a Texan ranch as an elaborate oh, listen, I think to murder the billionaire landowner. I think if I'm a few hundred yards away with a loud siren to cause a stampede. Honestly, if we found out that the Cronkers have been crushed in a stampede on their ranch, I'm going to phone Linda and ask where your whereabouts are. I love to <laughs> it's a line from one of my wife's books. Where are your whereabouts? I'd love to be on a ranch. I bet oh, if they got bitten <laughs> by a rattlesnake and, and they said to me, can you go and get, and get help? I go, yes, but I'm going to walk really slowly. I'm going, Stan, Josh, I'm going. I'm going to go and get the, the, the medical what, help. Right what's now. the scenario where you're on that ranch? Just like That's a good hanging point. out, hanging shooting out, the breeze. Shooting the breeze, just driving down along. There, <laughs> down there by the, rattles, by the rattlesnake. <laughs> just picture this in about, in about three years' time. You trying to cook up some scheme where you murder the owner and founder of Spotify <laughs> because yeah. Arsenal finished ninth and lost in a semi final. I'm going to get his streaming service and I'm going to somehow turn it against him be- by, by electrifying it. Every time someone listens to a record, he receives a tiny electric shock. That's a lot of nice thought. Yeah. yeah. You might as well get your planning in early. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. For when. when oh, there must. He, he's pissed off a load of fans out in America. Somebody must be a bit balmy out there or go the extra nine yards, surely, you know. I thought, I thought that about Donald Trump. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. It never happened, yeah. did it? Yeah. <laughs> well, all the, all the lunatic would be assassins of voting yeah. for him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, again, it's a pointless question because none of us know, but 
do you feel the possi- there's a genuine possibility that they might sell? There's football is empty, the grounds are empty. Mm. Um, doesn't feel like the broadcast rights are going to go up and up and up and up like they have been for the last few years. In fact, if anything, they might have to be frozen for eternity. Mm. Mm. That's still billions, of course. The Super League's a dead duck. Um, dead duck for now. I do you know really, what? If there's and, he, and if they the thing about the Super League that everyone hated was that there's no promotion or relegation to it. And if you do it on that basis, we're not in it anyway. I do, <laughs> you, know? you know, I honestly think they have a portfolio of businesses. Some are in America, some are in England. They don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. You know, they really don't. They don't need to sell. They don't need the money. They'll just sit there and go, yeah, this is, you know, it's like a legacy thing. It's like one day it might be quite useful to have a little Premier League club in London. You know, we don't need to sell. We don't care if the fans like us or hate us. Well, their business yeah. model has always been, and that's with the American clubs, is to go mid-table, don't spend too much, just yeah. keep ticking over. The only advantage this year is that no fans have been in. Now, in America, if the fans still turn up, that's maybe that works for them. But in the Premier League, if our there's only 40,000 in there, there's no corporate boxes being sold, we're not getting the sponsorship deals that we should be getting because we're not in Europe and we're not a big name, then maybe they would sell. But on the other hand, but, I don't think they will. The thing the thing I th- about all this situation, though, it's always been, isn't it? It's like, you know, when we were consistently kind of coming fourth and third, and we were always like, oh, we're just that little bit away from, like, winning the title again. Mm-hmm. And if you're the owner of the club, you're like, well, yes, we. you know, you look, at, you look at PSG, you look at Man City, you know, you have to spend, like, an insane amount of money to get mm-hmm. a squad that good. And we are just mm-hmm. not in that ballpark. No, and yeah, like how you know, I know you. Obviously, we're not in the. We're not in the. We won't be in Europe next season unless this awful occurrence <laughs> happens, which we're all dreading. It, it won't. And it's like if you're the owners of the club, you you know, and you're really rich anyway. It, and it's it just doesn't make that much difference. They're probably like, is it worth us spending like you know half a billion pounds a billion. to try yeah, and finish fourth right. when yeah. we can spend nothing? And and the thing and we is, you're ninth. absolutely right, Ollie. And the thing about that is, they knew that. Five years yeah. ago, yeah. They, they, they knew that was the case. Everyone's looking forward to Chelsea, Manchester City in the Champions League final. It's two great coaches. It's going to be fascinating. But really, when you look at it, you think Chelsea and Manchester City in the European Cup final. It just feels. So, it seems so normal. About? It seems so normal now, though, doesn't it? Because these are really these two clubs in name only. Well. You know, there it's a Russian billionaire, <laughs> human rights to and own. an oil company. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, well, I know and that's you. where that's where we are. So they've bought their way right the way to the pinnacle. There, Chelsea's been there before and won it already. City may well win it this time, and it's great for the fans of Man City. Obviously, we always say they've had United. In their ear all, all their yeah. lives, yeah. Um, but that's you're absolutely right. Yeah. It's a, it, at the same time we don't want it to be Bayern Munich, Juventus, or Barcelona, Real Madrid, or you know Manchester United, Inter Milan, whatever. It, every single year the same clubs. It's nice to see new teams in the final, but PSG were in the final last year just because those are billions of pounds spent on them. Chelsea and Man City are because of billions of pounds spent. And the only way we're going to get there is by doing that. The only way mm-hmm. is by doing and that. I know we can't do that, and I understand that, because they're never going to throw that kind of money at Arsenal. But I would have liked to have been... In, I thought we'd be where West Ham are now. I didn't think... I thought we could have a crack at the top four, but most likely come in the top six. But, mate, if we'd hired David Moyes, David, we would yeah, be. It's the David Moyes we game all be. over again. If we'd hired Brendan Rodgers, we would be. If we'd hired Moyes, we would be. If we'd hired Tuchel, we would be. 
If if Pochettino becomes available, because they don't last long at PSG, do they? And we <laughs> hire him, we will be. Mm-hmm. Because we've got the resources and we've got the talent in the existing squad. Yes. There's no need, really. There are a few players who need to leave the squad who are past their best. I don't, you know, we could name them. We might need to bring one or two in. But there's bags of young talent. The squad's too big as it is. There's loads of talent at Arsenal. And there's, you just need a manager, proper manager, a proper manager. Where where the decisions that he takes make total sense. I get why he's done that. I get why he's put in there. I see what the brand of football is. I see what he's trying to do. When I think about, when you think about Eddie Howe, for example, is a name that keeps coming up. People like him because he's dignified, he's intelligent, he's calm. And his his brand of football is... (coughs) Keeping it on the floor and getting it up the pitch. Just Bournemouth played nice stuff, so it's now become the Eddie Howe game. And if you can't go and give millions and millions to Leicester, where Brendan Rodgers? What if he wins the cup and goes into the? He's in the Champions League. Why is he going to leave Leicester City now? And if he is going to leave Leicester City, isn't he going to go wait and see for some some giant club that's in the Champions League? I don't know. We didn't hire Moyes. West Ham are up the table. We're ninth because we hired an inexperienced guy. And we have to believe. He, Moyes did years at Preston and years at Everton. Yeah. Oh, he's, years of management. Hundreds of games. Arteta just gets given Arsenal mm. with no clue how to operate as a manager. No clue about man management. No clue about decision making in matches. Piss poor in press conferences, and then a faux show of emotion when you've ballsed it up. Yeah, it's it's, it's really it's sad when you say, "Well, is, should we keep him? Should we not keep him?" I th- I think Ollie's probably right. The Cronkers have got no reason to sell. The only thing that might make them sell mm. is if you've got something a big asset for which buyers are few and far between. And a buyer actually appears with the money on the table with a realistic valuation, that can make you think these these things don't happen very yeah, often. Yeah. Mm. If we don't sell this now, we could be years waiting for a look at how many clubs there are trying to organise takeovers and they can't organise a well, takeover. Newcastle's another fine example, you know. But, but there's not the there's so there. there, the fact that there was a room in one of the tabloids a few days ago that actually the Cronkers have been sort of sniffing about selling for a couple of years mm. and that they might take a bid if a realistic bid appears because it's not like there's a queue of billionaires around the block lining up to buy Arsenal. Mm. There's only one realistic buyer around and he's only just appeared this yeah. week yeah. or last week. So that's the only thing that makes me think that they could shift. But otherwise, as you say... But you know, I can imagine him just lying in bed and someone comes in on the phone and a trade. Do you want to sell Arsenal? Uh, no. Yeah, I'm or, sure. It, I'm sure it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's. I'm sure it's exactly like that. I mean, but, if we are draining, if we are a drain on him, then he may sell. But at the moment, if we're not draining him, he's actually taking well, money if you, out of us. Then he's going if to. If you keep cared, us. if you cared enough about this, you wouldn't have him as the manager today. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if you if you didn't look at the club purely as an asset, if you had any like, you know, if you had any sense of of I want it to do well, you know, as long as as long as the you know the broadcast rights are there, and you know, and that's going to be increasingly important as we've as we've all seen, you know, that the European Super League it will be it will come back, 
You know, mm. it'll, there'll be, a, you know, 10 years' time, there'll be something else will happen. You know, the prime minister won't get involved. You know, who cares what the fans think? It's not about, mm. you know, the 60,000 people there. It's, you know, it's the most original observation. You know, it's about 60 gazillion people in, in around the rest of the world who love watching but the Premier But will we League. be in but, any yeah. position to be in any kind of Super League? It's all like saying Super League. We're not even in Europa League but now, the, so, the, you the, know. <laughs> no, but the, you say it yourself. You know, you can't accept that Arsenal is a, is a mid, is now like a mid table premiership club you know it's the the brand legacy will go on for 10 years you know and that's what why why people sit there and they dance saying oh let's see if Leicester want to get involved in this or West Ham you mm-hmm. know it's like the big clubs the you know the big the big English clubs are the ones who they're who they were talking that's to. that's true though of course it's still it's the the clubs themselves that have announced to the world that they are the big clubs. Well, yeah, <laughs> <It's> <laughs> right. <laughs> rightly so. But we haven't. We've got haven't... a funny clip of Noel Gallagher talking about Tottenham being, and it was running doing the rounds on. Oh, I've Washington. seen that. That's very funny. Yeah, yeah. I know. I keep saying the same thing, but I think there's enough in the squad to do much. Absolutely, better. and that's what's so frustrating. Do you know, I just think, can where's Terry Venables from twenty years mm-hmm. ago? <laughs> Walk in and get them organised, make them feel good about themselves. Can you imagine Arsene Wenger turning up, a 45-year-old Arsene Wenger, and looking around and thinking, it's like, good. Well, when George Graham took over that, he, he harnessed our youngsters and turned them into, you know, a, a yeah. championship-winning team. And- you look at them, and then to come back to your point, Ollie, about it's not perfection. You know, make the knives. You think, well, he, he can't do this or he can't do that, but he can do so much. You take a good penalty. When, when we had Merson, he had no left foot at all. And a bit of a drink problem, but his right <laughs> foot was like a magic wand. And he, Michael Thomas started as a left, a right-footed left back with bandy legs who couldn't hit the ball with the inside of his foot. But <laughs> he, he was as strong as an ox, and never intimidated, and very calm. And in the end, he said, "I'll put you in central midfield because you appear to be able to run ten miles a match and not feel tired." And you're an absolute monster, a powerhouse. And all these dirty sods who kick people and they're going to take one look at you and kick someone else because you, you're built like Michael Watson. And he used him in the right way. Mm. Adams had limitations as a player. If you wanted to nitpick about Adams, you could talk about his pace, you could talk about his left foot maybe, but you could see the raw material of a truly great centre-back. Mm. Rocky had no real left foot. But he looked around and he thought, these guys, are, they're a real ragbag of mixture of talent, but they all have talent and they're all young and they all get on and they're all here at the same time. Mm. So why am I looking elsewhere? And when you look around at Arsenal at the moment, you think, what can Smith-Rowe do? What can't he do? What can Maitland-Niles do? What can Willett do? How can I fit them in? Mm. That, how can I organise them to get the absolute best so that these lads who are going to have premiership football careers, there's no doubt about it, have those careers at Arsenal where they feel at home, they love one another, the fans love them. How can I get the best out of what there is instead of thinking, who can I get on loan? What sort of a deal mm. can I do? Who's coming to the end of their contract? Might be a pinch on a free. Mm. It isn't just all about watching videos, analysing the opposition, and then sending someone on flights around the world trying to recruit players on the cheap it's about making the best of what you have and I don't think we're doing that no we're definitely not it's been an awful season of course it has and you sit there and you say, "Would a more engaged owner be putting up with this?" Is, you know, I, I under don't. any under any normal under any normal rules, and yeah, it's been a year like no other. You know, I mean, it's abject failure. If David it's Dean was there, failure. Arteta wouldn't have been hired. David Dean was reluctant. There was a reluctance at Arsenal, although Dean supported it. And we, as I, this is what we found out when we interviewed Arsene Wenger. Mm. Um, 
to take a punt on Wenger, even though he'd been managing in France for years and had won the French Championship and we had this reputation as an innovative and brilliant coach. They weren't sure. And they went with Rioch, who was an experienced manager yeah, who had great success well. at Bolton Wanderers, playing an attacking brand of football, and it made sense. And prior to that, you know, they'd been interested in Venables at one point. They'd been interested in Alex Ferguson at one point. And they hired George Grant. They were interested in serious football managers, serious experience. The idea that you'd give the Arsenal Football Club to a manager who had never managed before, that would never have happened. It would never, ever have happened. And David Dean would have said, I love Mikel. Mikel, you're wonderful. We all love you. Go and manage Southend United. Mm. Go and manage Middlesbrough. Go and manage someone someone else. <laughs> and do what George did at Millwall. Do what Arsene did, <coughs> managing on a shoestring, doing all the jobs in the club mm. at Nancy. And, and then come, when you've had all that experience, and come back because I would love nothing more than for you to be our manager, but you're not ready. I was told as a stand-up comedian, going down to the comedy store or jongleurs of those clubs back in the day, you're not ready. You're not ready. Go away and get good. <laughs> it's not as easy as oh, it looks. Oh, that's true. That's very true. <laughs> you know, it's not as easy as Bob Mills makes yeah. it look, right? <laughs> and, uh, and it was sound advice. All right, I've got three... Uh, Spot the commentaries, okay, you ready? Yeah. yeah. Here we go. Gonna fire these up for you now. Here's one for the uh, the legacy fans. Let's uh, see, <laughs> see, if you, see if you remember see if you remember this goal. And Williams and Woodcock. He can find Sansom. And back to Woodcock. And Sansom right to the line. It was well hooked back. And Nitreski couldn't stop it. Came in and he scored for Arsenal as he did on the opening day of the season against Chelsea, and it was all down to Kenny Sansom joining the attack. Right, so it's against Chelsea. It is against uh, Chelsea. Chelsea, because I recognise the keeper's name. Nidzvecki. Um, yeah, Nidzvecki. Uh, what do you think of the season? Uh, oh, must be 81-82 season. Mariner didn't come in that season. Didn't he? <laughs> I'm going to stop playing this game with you. Well, we had Kenny Sansom. No! It's 84-85. 84-85? Yes. <laughs> did you? I remember, I, you know, I, I was looking at it thinking, did I go to that? And then, you know, I watched the rest of the highlights are on the YouTube, of course. Yeah. I watched the rest of the highlights, which is short. And we were 1-0 up with that goal. And David Speedy scored an equaliser in the 89th minute. And that's the that's what I remembered, the absolute agony of that mm. going in and the raging hostility of Stamford Bridge and then coming out and queuing up for Fulham Broadway Tube. And even though the road was closed for, to traffic, they still shoved all the Arsenal fans onto the pavement with police horses. And so you were crushed up against shops, plate glass windows, crushed up against them. And I remember I've having my hands up on, on a plate glass window <laughs> thinking this could go through in a minute. And if it does, I'm just going to, I'll be dead because it's the glass is going to cut me in half. And coming out the other end, and there was a flat-capped uh, policeman who was obviously in charge. I said to him, people are being crushed in there. He goes, do you want to be nicked? 
<laughs> I said, "What for? Shouting at you? What? It's, I'm just telling you that it's this is really bad." You know, oh, they are miserable. Oh, God, I remember that day. Well, uh, <laughs> yeah. Paul Mariner headed in. Uh, Kenny Sansom running four, playing a one-two with Woodcock, crossing it in for Mariner to head a goal. Let's see if you uh, you won't remember this. I don't think you're going to remember any goal that I play. No. I have no faith in it. Oliver, you're the younger man. <laughs> I'm not expecting you to remember I'd, goals I'd, from 1984. I'd, Jazz, that's kind of you. That's, that's kind of, <laughs> that is kind of you. But I, as I said last week, I'm playing into the theory... Yeah. That the long-term memory is He's better than the short-term <laughs> All this proves is that Keith doesn't have Alzheimer's. Is that there are many, there are many neurological concerns. There's so many. There's so many neurological concerns about Keith. And psychological, concerns. and sociological, and everything. on every level. And, uh, and an every, willingness on a to believe every level. sodding thing on every libelous thing on the internet, and be willingness to repeat them on this bloody podcast. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, here we go. Here's a goal that you will not remember. Right, another one we don't know. <laughs> Taken by Merson. Deflected on the way. That means it's a corner. So, what can Arsenal conjure at the clock end? Keown's forward for this, as you would expect. Short to Platt. And then the cross. And there is Keown! It's 2 2. Is that against Shakhtar Donetsk in the Champions League? No. no. Oh. <laughs> Kieran, don't score that many goals. <laughs> oh, no, he did score two against Shakhtar yeah. Donetsk. Yeah, so I was edging my bets on that. that was a... in, a, in a memorable uh, win in the Champions League. No. <laughs> It wasn't. Oh. Remember, remember how I love a theme. Che- is it Chelsea? Chelsea. Yes, Oliver. <laughs> Oliver's in. He scored. <laughs> he scored. Well, yeah, I really love a theme, but we played West Brom and Villarreal. We didn't play Chelsea. We're playing See, mate, Chelsea the first one was on Chelsea. Wednesday night. Yeah, we're playing Tuchel and all this. You know, the multi-million pound oh. team of stars accumulated at monumental expense. God knows where they get the money from. <laughs> I know where they get the. I know where they got the money from. Yeah. <laughs> it's Boris Yeltsin. <laughs> that goal uh, was scored in uh, September 1996. So it was about about a month or less than a month before Arsene Wenger took charge, and. Uh, Keown headed that one in. Arsenal went 2 0 down in that match. An error by um, John Lukic let in a soft goal from Gianluca Viali. Oh, yeah. Rude Hullet was on the bench managing uh, the Chelsea side, who went on that season to win the FA Cup. Um, and Keown headed in an equaliser. Ian Wright came off the bench and put Arsenal 3-2 ahead. And Dennis Wise, I think it was, equalised in the 90th minute. And it was a 3-3 thriller wow. in September 1996. No memory of it no. at all, have you? No. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it does annoy the people who listen to this podcast because they'll be moaning now. They'll be going on Twitter going, you couldn't remember that. I remember those players, I remember that. And of course, it's 25 years ago. We're just banging on about things from 25. The Mariner one was 36 years ago. 
I think maybe there should be a limit on YouTube to how old things are. Oh, it's that Facebook. Uh, and th- this is the last one. See if you can get to remember this one. Two officials who are discussing the matter here. And it is goal given. And Sanchez is the man again. And it's just the start that Arsenal wanted. Ramsey was in an offside position, but he didn't eventually touch the ball. But it's a good finish in the end from Sanchez with the outside of his right boot. Well, that's the FA Cup final, and that's where Sanchez decided to do uh, play basketball <laughs> with a blatant handball, <laughs> pushes the ball down in front of him. <laughs> oh, well, uh, yeah, protecting his uh, Exactly, face. which he was allowed yeah. back then. <laughs> and, uh, and what year was that, Keith? 2017. Oh, oh he's equalised. Yes. <laughs> Oliver's boring himself. That was, that was, the, that was the final <laughs> where we really Cabernet thought Sauvignon. we was going to get thrashed. Uh, but luckily, Chelsea were on the beach that yeah. day. They turned up. Chelsea were going for the double. Yes. And uh, Per Mertesacker, yeah. who hadn't played all season, oh, marshalled yeah, yeah. a back three, which uh, it was Nacho Monreal, Rob Holding. In the side, Danny Welbeck had a fantastic game at centre forward. I, re- I remember, hang on, I remember oh, Linda saying about Per Mertesacker, who was watching the highlights, and he said he's only played one game all season. I said, but he gave under, he's exhausted. And she said, but he's only played one game. How can he be exhausted? <laughs> yeah. It covers a lot of ground. Did you like talking of Rob Holding? Did you like seeing him as captain today? Yeah, I don't yeah. mind that. I don't quite I like sure it. with old Bighorn. If there's a a long term future for him as an Arsenal player or not, but uh, Arteta trusts him, and as he likes to have a right footer and a left footer in, and he likes to have a back four, and as you say, Keith Saliba, he won't mm. try, or at least not yet. Louise is injured, so not only is he in, he's in for a run of games, and he's the captain. And I think part of the reason is he, he thinks, well, I've got to pick him because I haven't got any other right foot centre back, so I'll make him the captain. <laughs> uh, who else would it be? You know? I think maybe under a different manager, and as you, or you said, a manager could just go, listen, just play it simple. I don't, you know, I, know, I want you to do this and nothing else. But as you say, he keeps changing his mind every other week, and I, I'm not, I don't think he's getting the best out of the players that we've got. Well. On that note. <laughs> He's got to go, hasn't he? He's got to go. <laughs> uh, we've got uh, Chelsea and then, is it Palace, I think we're playing? Yes. And, and Brighton. Brian. And I think Brighton and are going to... this hell is over. Yes. <laughs> the season is done. Mm-hmm. We can walk away with and uh, await developments in August. Yes. But I think we'll have, unfortunately, I have to report... Two more. We're obliged to record two more podcasts, <laughs> and I really have to draw a line on this now because it's it's half past ten, and I'm on the school run at silly yes, o'clock in the morning. Yeah, so um, yes, yes. up the arsenal. See ya. <laughs> See ya. <laughs>